Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to On a Journey with WeWork. I'm Vineet Singh and we'll be talking about some of the most inspiring stories of creators and innovations that have revolutionized the Indian consumption patterns. Please welcome our guest for today, Chirag Tikchandani, who's the co-founder of the Bombay hemp company Bohico. Bohico can easily be one of the most interesting innovations of the recent years where Chirag's team is turning tables on how hemp is perceived and consumed in India. Bohico is India's first industrial cannabis company which leverages the super crop of hemp to create a sustainable lifestyle brand. In this episode we'll be talking to Chirag about how Bohico was born and the science behind hemp cultivation. Let's get into it then. So Chirag, before we jump into this whole story of um, Bohico, I was doing some research about you guys and I realized you guys started early, straight in college, right? You had another very interesting project called Project Chirag. Right. Um, first, was it based on your name? <laughs> Not at all, actually. <laughs> nothing, nothing to do with me at all. <laughs> um, but and then how Project Chirag actually led you guys to get into the a whole Bohico story. So just tell us about that. Sure. Yeah. So um, first things first, uh, uh, you were right about the fact that it, as good as uh, right off college, we began uh, and incorporated Bohico. But just a little before, um, the story dates back to the summer of 2010. Right. So it was 2010 and all of us were in our final years. Uh, we're seven co-founders, just to, to lay context. Uh, we're seven co-founders, mostly all of us from the same batch. Just one of us is one year younger. Um, and uh, it is uh, the summer of 2010 when one of uh, my co-founders, that's uh, Jahan Paston Jamas, um, he's part Australian. So uh, he happened to visit his family in West Australia. Uh, and on on his journey uh, and you know on his on his travels with within Australia, he came across this small town, which was probably the only economically progressive small town then in Australia, known as uh, Margaret River. Now, now what he came across at Margaret River is um, these large fields of of uh, cannabis plantations, and he was wowed, and that was his aha moment because when he went up to ask one of the locals there as to you know what is this and why is it growing in 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 such large proportions um they just came back with one simple thing um and and that was that was that uh, you know this whole town uh, operates only on two commodities one is of course we make uh, a world famous wine uh, so so we have grapes that grow a lot in in this part of the uh, in this part of australia and for for everything else we use cannabis um you know whether it's clothing whether it's food whether it's uh, a building material so he was really flabbergasted by that idea and and when he got it back to us it was uh, the summers of 2020, 2010 as i mentioned um we were also part of uh, what's known as students in free enterprise this this was a, a club in in hr college um and it was just the very beginning i think the f- second or third year of of its uh, being uh, when we were uh, probably required to sort of set a base, I'd say, and um, 
we were required to uh, champion uh, the cause. So we, one of the first projects that we hopped on was Project Chirag. Project Chirag was a solar rural electrification program, uh, which basically meant that uh, at the cost of about 7,200 or 7,300 rupees, uh, it, you know, we could light up uh, a household in a village, uh, which meant which was uh, which was easily enabled and recharged by solar um, energy. And uh, what we did is we wanted to make sure that because there is not much electricity available in as uh, close as 45 minutes or two hours from Mumbai, uh, we wanted to make sure that we started lighting up villages and lighting up households so that electricity wasn't an issue. Project Chirag is what got uh, all the seven of us because it's not like all of us were in college and all of us were friends. Uh, some of us just knew each other as acquaintances from the same batch. And uh, because all of us had this experience of, of uh, knowing rural India through Project Chirag uh, is when we came together. And, and uh, of course, we picked up jobs right after um, graduating in 2011. Um, you know, we, we picked up jobs in consulting, media, advertising. Uh, but one, one and a half years into our jobs, we, we came together and said that if there's anyone who has to revolutionize revolutionize the concept of of hemp in India it has to be us so while we kept working on weekends uh, to just explore the concept uh, it was high time that we came together and said that let's start Pohiko because it has to be a journey uh, and the first step is uh, one of the most important that that's pretty interesting I mean that, that's a great story right before we jump into the Bohiko story fun fact that you need to share with me is um, seven co-founders right uh, so how does how does that go about? You know, when you, sometimes you have two, um, right. and, and you still can't survive it. Seven of you guys in a room. How how's that going? Sure. No, that's a question that we've been asked quite a few uh, years now, right? It's been about seven years. Uh, we're still as many, and um, the idea uh, always had been that we were all parts of. So like students in free enterprise. There were other clubs that we were part of as well. One was one uh, the Rotrack Club. One was the uh, you know the Council for Handling Intercollegiate Events. So um, each of us have either presided over those clubs or we've we've led those clubs. And that's that. Honestly, um, that is what taught us uh, how to work together and and lead a team. Right? Um, we had as good as twenty board of directors that we used to work with. Uh, uh, you know, facilitating decisions, uh, making sure we coordinated activities and still uh, HR college I mean bragging rights to us that we've been one of the best colleges in the city as far as at least commerce is concerned uh, we we knew how to operate with many heads uh, and we knew how to coordinate tasks and provide autonomy I'd say to um, to people who were who were doing their bit so so I guess um, that's where we learned and to be very honest of course business is very different from co college life um, seven years, uh, seven co-founders. We really do go at each other. Uh, there is no no shame in, in admitting that. Uh, there are some heated arguments, but uh, to be very frank, I think uh, there are there are lows and highs, and um, uh, the highs are really what we rejoice at every every moment because uh, when we win together, the feeling is uh, much better than than you know having a one-off low or a one-off fight which sort of you know takes us apart for a bit but then brings us back in that same board meeting where we're discussing what the next concrete step of action is so so yeah i think it's it's been a fun journey because we we are seven alphas i'd say uh but all of us enjoy working with each other and we're just so glad that we have so many hands on deck 
and, and so much support to do so much in this country because we're not just setting um, a, up a company, right? We're, we're building an industry from scratch. Uh, and that's something we knew and required many hands on deck. Yeah, and also, I mean, there's, there's a different feeling when you're working with friends, right? It's just uh, being together all the time. I, I want to, I'm a little jealous of you. I want to be in one of your meeting rooms, you know, <laughs> get that feeling yeah. back. No, you love it. I mean, you, you'll see what co-founders, anxiety, stress, uh, and at the same time, that feeling of, of winning together, uh, what, what that means. So, so we're really happy. None of us want to go away from what we're doing. So, so that is, uh, that's a big plus. That's amazing. Um, just going back to this whole cannabis piece that is, is core to the whole Bohiko story. You know, cannabis usually is associated with intoxication and recreation. Bohiko is all about the hemp crop, which is actually different from marijuana, right? Which is uh, also a part of cannabis. So, I mean, could you talk us through that? I mean, how is that different and how has this been integrated in your story for example i know you're backed by some of india's biggest names and uh, how difficult was it for you to go out convincing people um, about the difference and how you could use that forward as a lifestyle product sure so so spot on right i mean in the sense uh, five years ago if you spoke about uh, cannabis uh, to anybody, they would just think of Bob Marley uh, or, or a T-shirt of Bob Marley with you, you know what on it, right? And and um, the thing is that uh, it it I, I wouldn't say it's not been um, it's not been an uphill task. It's been really for a crop with such tremendous potential. Uh, it it wasn't a very easy sell uh, when we first started off. Um, a lot of people had this stigma around cannabis, and of course. Um, with respect to cannabis, uh, the one thing that people need to know is there is more unlearning and relearning to occur as compared to just uh, a fresh learning because people have so much already in their minds about it. So, so first things first, I want to lay out the context saying that when Bohico started out, um, for us, the end um, is agriculture. The means is cannabis, right? Um, we, when we uh, were at Project Chirag and when we encountered rural India for the first time, uh, we noticed that not just electricity, there are many other issues that exist in, uh, and are penetrated in, into the society, right? Um, and, and one of them was Roti Kapra Makan. So our philosophy was what if we had Roti Kapra Makan, which is food, clothing, shelter, all out of one crop? That's the very stance that we took uh, with with the government even when the when, uh, in our first meeting in February 2013 at a government official's office in Uttarakhand, um, the first things that we took to them was this brick, a uh, cannabis brick, like a hempcrete block. We took them, uh, you know, a salad with hemp seeds and a t-shirt. And we told them that, you know, what you think is only known as a, a recreational commodity in today's day and age has actually made this and it's growing right behind at your backyard. So, so uh, why don't you, you know, uh, you know, pay some heat to the idea and, and take this into account because it is uh, one of the industries that will really shape India because honestly, Cannabis in India or hemp in India is uh, a very underutilized crop and it grows abundantly. Like it's a, it's a wheat crop. It grows as you and I are speaking right now. So it doesn't take much. It's the, it's the fastest growing plant on the planet. And, uh, it also grows 12 feet tall in about 90 days time. So, so it's a, it's a really good commodity. And I'll, I'll also uh, touch upon a few fun instances in the same breath. When we started off, we knew that uh, education was key, right? So, 
Goiko right. stands for Educate, Cultivate, Elevate, uh, in that order. And we started doing like these flea markets or exhibitions. Uh, you know, uh, we started going to many talk shows, uh, you know, started speaking at many inter- like collegiate events and, and uh, education institutes. Um, only to sort of um, let people know what we're onto. And um, one of those times when, you know, uh, we were at a flea market, uh, we were selling uh, hemp seeds, right? So uh, hemp hemp uh, has three, four. So the plant is actually made of the seed, the fiber. Um, it's made of the leaf and the, the flower, right? So the, while the flower is a narcotic in our country at the moment, uh, everything else is utilizable from an industrial point of view. So... Of course, as, as you mentioned, marijuana and, and hemp are two very different crops. Hemp, uh, the, the distinction factor is the amount of THC in it. So what is THC? THC is uh, the in, intoxicating element in the plant. Uh, so marijuana has a lot of it. And of course, hemp, uh, when we utilize the fiber and the seed, it doesn't really have much at all. In fact, uh, it, it has a, a negligent amount of content as far as THC is concerned. So so when we were at this flea market and we were trying to sell these hemp seeds uh, because they are good for consumption from a protein uh, point of view as well as from omega-3, 6, and 9 point of view, we, I, you know, after a five to seven minute long pitch that uh, I, w- I gave to a bunch of people explaining them this new concept of hemp uh, foods, this this lady goes up to me, uh, comes up to me and, and asks me, hemp? Hemp to non-veg, innit? And, and I'm just like, what? After such a long like stride of, of telling you about how this is a plant-based f- food, um, you know, a consumable, uh, you, you compare it to ham. And, and, and she was just, she was just like taken aback with the, the whole concept. And, and we've had that and we've had a few students from engineering colleges where we spoke, uh, to, to whom we spoke about some, uh, you know, the technical sides of, of, of hemp. And some students just getting up in the middle of everyone and asking us that if my house catches fire, will I get high? Or will my shirt smell of weed when I first smell it or wash it? So, you know, so th- those funny instances have always uh, come our way. In fact, we take it in our stride because honestly, it's, it's a, you know, how we publicize our products is uh, when we are at these markets, the, f- the largest thing people read is bhang ke kapre, right? So because this is bhang. So the first thing we ask people is, are you familiar with hemp? And typically the answer is no. Um, and then we say that, you know, uh, and that's when they like, you know, wow, okay, what are you talking about? Let me come over. <laughs> so, so, so yeah, we've, we've had those, um, uh, we've had those reactions. We've had that, uh, share of fun, uh, at the same time, treating that fun and, and making sure it's made into some kind of content good for learning. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's interesting, right? I mean, these these fun facts and fun stories um, make your story so much more intriguing. And it obviously is a product that needs a lot of education, like you said, and especially from the culture that we're in, right? In terms of there's so much more that people need to understand about this product before starting to understand not just the difference, but also, you know, from a consumption pattern perspective as well. You were talking about uh, roti, kapra and makan. Right. And I, I know roti and kapra is completely integrated when I, you know, visit your website or I talk to people about Bohiko. Can I hear more about the Makan story? I mean, uh, where are we with that? Are you are you focused on um, getting some projects on board? How's that going? 
Sure. So, so uh, in line with that, I'd also like to mention that, uh, of course, uh, Bohico is one of India's f- uh, first companies to actually cultivate cannabis, right? Uh, we uh, are cultivating it not on a commercial scale just yet, but uh, on a research uh, level with government institutes, uh, which means that uh, the Makan aspect is actually something that is uh, made from the fiber of the plant. So the fiber is actually segregated into two parts. One is the outer fiber, which helps make textiles. And then we have the inner fiber, which is the soft wood, which can actually be broken down into wood chip-like structures and combined with a lime-based binder to make something known as hempcrete, which is just like concrete. Right. Um, And of course, you can't grow, uh, sorry, you can't construct some huge number of floors or high rises with this particular uh, building material, but you can definitely construct low raise houses as your second homes with hempcrete. Now, uh, as far as Bohico is concerned, our focus is primarily shifted only to to the health and wellness category. So we don't particularly focus on cultivating hemp for the inner fiber purpose or focus a lot on the hempcrete aspect but uh, is it a possibility of course it's a possibility and 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 uh, do do we think that we're going to be in it in the future of course yes but only once hemp picks up a certain amount of scale because the economies don't add up if you don't um, grow it at scale and process it at scale so that's where we are with it interesting and while while we're at it and we were speaking about consumption pattern seven years into this um, have you significantly noticed a change in consumption pattern behavior and also being more open to the product of course so um when we started off i mean uh of course we we've had an uptake uh in in terms of the adoption uh from from the time we started off we started off with selling handloom fabrics to be very frank with you because that was very indigenous um, and you know, uh, it was made in Uttarakhand. So we were, we were very proud of the fact that we, we were taking, we were introducing an, a whole new fabric into, into India's massive textile stream, right? But one by one, people started adopting hemp from a fabric point of view to, uh, you know, they started draping themselves in hemp. 10% of their wardrobe started taking to hemp as compared to polyester or cotton or any of the other uh, significant fibers that are there um, uh, to a point that now we actually have a, a host of subscriptions uh, that are availed from our website. A lot of people not only pick up um, pick up a hemp seed, hemp protein powder, a hemp seed oil because it's a uh, you know it's a multi-purpose oil that can be applied to on your skin as well as uh, on your salads and desserts. So you can apply it as well as consume it. Um, so we have a lot of people who've already taken to this diet, which is a hemp-filled diet. But in addition to that, we've also very recently launched a, a range of canna relief-based product, products. So, so Bohico started off with um, exploiting the use of fibers. Uh, then we went on to the seed. And now we've reached the, the leaf stage where we extract oil from the leaf. And we actually have ointments and oils um, that, that are therapeutic in nature that ail uh, chronic illnesses as well as a great uh, from an application point of view for arthritis and skin health. So we have these products which are, um, I'd say, uh, have a great repeat purchase rate at the moment. Um, and that is that is credit to everything from a subscription point of view. And of course, we have takers uh, of, of a lot of people who've uh, loved our brands. We have a multitude of brands under Bohico. One of them is um, B-Label. One of them is Bohico Life. So this is sort of 
putting together the lifestyle point of view and also for creator creators and innovators and designers we have hemp fabric lab where you know they just pick up a few things make their own shirts make their own shoes and and god knows what all uh, using the hemp fabric so so we have these three brands that have popularized their way into the market and we see a lot of repeat and returning customers uh, for our product so i'm actually a user of one of your products i love your t-shirts i think they're great right uh, and i've been following you guys for about 3 or 4 years now one of the things that intrigued me always is the fact that you know with a product like this you need so much of government integration and right. uh, government permissions and um, usually even though it's if it's true or not i can't claim it but you know a lot of people say that working with a government or where you need so many permissions is a little difficult right what has your experience been i mean i wouldn't want you to get into specifics but like right. how has the government taken it across and because here we have central and state governments as well so you have to work with various governments how has that part of the story been sure so it's very straightforward as far as india is concerned in fact india is one of the most liberal countries when it comes to hemp and cannabis because the 1985 ndps act allows for this plants industrial and horticultural purposes to be met in the sense you can actually use the fiber and the seed um for various purposes such as textiles food products etc um i'd say that initially of course there were uh, there was a lot of legwork that boiko had to had to put in uh, but at all points of time whether it was um you know i'd say uh, the advantage of age that we had on our side uh, or or the fact that we were extremely persistent with every state and central government meeting that we had uh, we've uh, we've been uh, i'd say they've received us pretty well uh, and and welcomed the idea of uh, launching projects uh, un- around hemp and its research in the country um very very well because they have trusted the kind of white papers we've presented to them uh, which are globally um you know globally globally available other countries have made a million dollar industry out of this crop when india was the first um uh, place where people found uh, the, you know the very first germ plasm of this crop so so they've sort of contextualized the historical significance of this plant um uh, what it has meant in the vedas uh, in india the ancient texts have hemp as one of the most therapeutic ingredients uh written so they have contextualized that and i'd say we've been very well received and they've been pretty receptive to to the concept of course based on some hard facts and enough time spent behind the research of the crop uh under i mean on their own land under their nose i'd say once you prove it to them i think they're pretty uh, straightforward with uh, how because it is a pretty regularized commodity i'm not going to say that it's going to be like an open uh, field cultivation uh, very soon uh, just like opium uh, we it is a commodity like it is a regulated uh, crop uh, but at the moment i think that we've got a lot of things going our way as compared to not going our way so so i would really thank the government and also from a center point of view um so state laws can be their own uh, as far as cannabis is com- concerned the center has left it on each state to draft up its own policy um so so just if that if that brings about enough clarity on the point oh nice um you made that sound really easy i hope it was as easy as you made it sound 
Uh, well, it's been a, a few years worth of effort. So, I mean, in hindsight, I can only say that 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 all that work is counting for something. So, yeah, but that's also interesting insight, right? I mean, like like I started off. I mean, usually when when you're talking about and this could be any startup or any product that you're getting in that needs a lot of government approvals. Um, one of the guidance that I would take away from this is you do your right kind of research take the right material to them obviously there's a lot of legwork involved but then at some point of time you will get uh, the right permissions if your product is right uh, of course, and good of course of course i think logic dictates uh, every conversation we've had so far and and with enough reason we've been able to uh, push the agenda and uh, i i wouldn't take take it away from us that we've probably been at the helm of things uh, from day one and you know we've we've never shied away from investing a penny uh in attending those meetings being at the forefront and uh, i think that is uh, that is what is going to take us a long way as far as at least the regulatory framework of this crop in the country is concerned just to understand this shirag once you started this company um, you know you start getting a lot of attention good and bad and then you started changing the bad into the good and explaining to people i'm sure your story has traveled far and wide uh, which also gives a lot of other people looking at this part of the business and saying hey you know what this is interesting we can do this too somehow i feel competition is a fair appreciation uh, for what you've been able to uh, do what is the scene in terms of competition in in this whole field and uh, are you seeing a lot of people coming in uh, into this category as of now Yes so so we were always aware that our first movers advantage could very well turn into the first movers curse but we've always been on top of competition in a certain sense uh, if there are people following you then you're probably doing something right uh, and uh, we are we are pretty proud to say that while we were the first there are about 30 different uh, cannabis companies that have emerged just in India uh, after 2013 uh, when we started out uh we we knew one thing for sure that this industry is not going to be uh one which is going to thrive uh, on on big competition it's going to be extremely inclusive therefore um we have a lot of forums and platforms where uh 9 out of 10 hemp companies from india that have started out after us come together share learnings we um as far as advocacy is concerned as far as pushing an agenda in the regulatory environment is concerned we do it all together because we don't find there being a i mean only when there is sizable traction and enough people are actually wanting something to take place in this country will the government listen right uh, and that is something that we've been cognizant of we've recognized the fact that it's extremely important to have a collective voice and therefore this collaborative and inclusive approach that we've maintained from day one has some, is something that has worked in our favor for example we've had a lot of companies um, that have branched out into cosmetic products into uh, their own line of uh, clothing um, you know accessories we we as bohico have always maintained a b2b to c approach where we know that okay um, while we have our own brand in the market there is never going to be any angst about the fact that we can also supply the raw material to people who want to sort of take their own brands to market as well because honestly 
it is one of the most important things to be uh, right in the eyes of the customer, right? Uh, so so we, we maintain that at our end where we said that while we are also in the market, we're open to supplying raw material in a B2B form, whether it is fabric, whether it is seed, oil, you know, any raw material or ingredient that others want to take to market because their formulations, their offerings are going to be completely different. And the more uh, hemp, uh, is is in the eyes of people uh, the, the larger our, our aim is getting met uh, and motive is getting met is how we see it so we've not uh, uh, restricted ourselves from a from a supply point of view we've in fact uh, tried to make sure that we hold enough of the supply at our end so that we can also uh, you know provide this as a solution for people who don't want to probably do uh, the whole nine yards and only want to specialize in one aspect of the value chain which is probably retail or, or holding the brand or the consumer, right? So, so we've maintained that, and from day one, that's worked out pretty well. We we pride on the fact that we have the support of most of the other entrepreneurs in this space, um, and we work together so that we can win as an industry. Fair. Also, in terms of pricing, right? Like I said, I've been a user of your products. From the effort that goes into this, right? While I was doing my research, there's so much effort that goes into, um, you're making it sound relatively easy, but uh, <laughs> the amount of effort that goes in into creating this finished products and getting it in, in, on our tables or on our backs, there is a certain degree of pricing that I feel you guys have kept standard. Um, it's not excessively priced. Is that done out of a very specific reason of reaching out to as many people as you can because I'm sure there's a lot more effort going on as compared to how you've priced your products it, it's relatively very very easy priced and I feel uh, I, I think it's one of the best prices I've seen it's competing with with big labels as well so how what's what's the idea behind that yeah yeah I mean this is one of the most important points right I mean you can't really thrive in a market without without um, having the right pricing strategy so so for us when it when it came to pricing we were to answer your question in a, uh, and shoot straight at that it's been consciously priced the way it has um, the reason is that we we know that if if you're going to offer uh, a shirt to somebody at 5000 rupees being a, a and, and you know this indie uh, homegrown sort of a brand it, it's it's going to restrict the purchase for an end customer a lot more what, what one has to be able to do, though, is offer it at exactly the same price at, at which your alternatives are priced. For example, if you buy a, a fast fashion shirt from Zara at about 2700 bucks today, I want you to pay the same for a sustainable fashion shirt and, and, and feel the difference for yourself as to not just um, the benefits of the natural fiber that are coming to you, but also at the same point of time, how long is that same product going to last you for? So, so for us, it's been extremely important to view this from that lens where uh, if you want to make a compelling sell, uh, you better be able to price it at exactly what people are, are already being able to afford in the market as compared to, you know, brainwashing people about the idea of sustainable fashion being extremely expensive. The same thing goes with our seed-based products, right? So we, are, of course, not being able to compete with the the, the typical seeds of sesame, etc. But the idea is that uh, as as low as possible, as uh, uh, we have a lot of competitive products in in the alternative space, which are also priced at a pretty high level, right? So we want to make sure that as much as we can control cost, as as handy as we can be uh, for you to make your decision at picking up our product and experimenting and experiencing hemp in your lifestyle is concerned. We want to be able to uh, to definitely penetrate 
that thought into people's minds yeah and that's going to be critical especially with a country like india exactly. um, to to capture the market as well one part of your story obviously is is using hemp as a product and but there's another aspect of your story maybe a lot of people don't know about which is enabling uh, local weavers partitions right. um, the whole make in india or made in india concept that is on the rise as of now in the country you guys have been at it for a while um you know empowering local artisans do you want to talk about that and yeah uh, yeah sure so when we started off um uh, we we knew that this industry can be either either we can grow it like uh, every other industry has or we actually keep uh, the element of of uh, the heart in the center of things right so when when it came to that uh, we knew that when when uh, uh, using a crop like hemp or cannabis uh, we could provide multiple levels of impact one of them being environmental obviously uh, the other being economic to to the the people behind it uh, creating livelihoods etc but the third uh, would be social impact where you know a lot of people um, who would uh, would you know the typical run of the mill workers uh, mill workers uh, garment factory workers that's one end of, of the value chain but there's also a, a host of um, uh, artisans that that exist in the mountainous ra- ranges of this country uh, and and if the crop is belongs to literally the mountains how about actually creating um, this entire model which inspires others uh to make sure that we have enough of clusters that were empowering with enough work so one of the first conscious choices we made as a company was that if this is uh, the natural habitat of this is the himalayas so to say um the crop is coming from them from there let's market this crop um in the export market because honestly uh hemp is very well uh, popularized elsewhere as compared to india uh, as a fiber so so let's take that let's let's sell it in the global markets let's make some stoles some some scarves uh, let's employ certain women artisans who can even make two of those a day but as long as we can um provide them uh, you know a minimum support price for their daily work uh, and it keeps their looms filled on a daily basis then that is something that we definitely want to be able to achieve and that is going to be a model that's not maybe going to be appreciated by many indians from a pricing perspective but definitely a story that that works well for a conscious consumer um uh, across borders right so so that is something that we kept at in the center of things we wanted to make sure that we build this industry keeping uh, our hearts at the center of it and and that's what we've been able to do so currently also we we don't deploy a humongous number of uh, of women artisans but we do deploy artisans uh, to the tune of 150 to 200 women up in the north who are given recurring business um month on month to make stoles that are then sold to the export markets uh which are either combined with lamb's wool uh, oak silk or organic cotton wool um these are the fibers we source locally hemp is right from there uh we provide them the yarns they make the end products and then we we are their market linkage either in urban areas in india or uh, overseas so so that's the that's the idea of of deploying this social uh, impact and social working model um uh, because that is something we we felt was very important in the in the larger scheme of things yeah before we move on i think a big congratulations to you and the team to be able to build that model um i think it's significantly important that we go about um supporting 
people across the country and the talent that we have uh, in in all ways possible. So con- great great work on that. Congratulations. Before we come to the end um, of this Chirag, I have I have two more questions for you. One Super. obviously is going to be about the whole scalability of this business, right? Hemp is known to be almost like a close to a one trillion dollar uh, business around the world, probably uh, with China, I think, being the world's highest. Uh, producer of hemp followed by Australia. Um, India obviously is largely untapped as of now. Uh, but where do you think this is going? And also, like you said, with the whole first mover tag, you have a big responsibility as well, not just for yourself and the company, but for the entire category as a whole. Um, so from a scalability aspect, where do you see this going? I'd say that, okay, today, uh, hemp is probably 0.7% of all other natural fibers in the in the world, right? I mean, India is largely a cottonized nation. We've been growing cotton for the last 150 years, spinning it. And, and you, one can't compare the scale whatsoever because, of course, uh, hemp is an extremely nascent crop. Uh, it's just about in the 1990s that world over people started bringing back this uh, crop. I mean, uh, the historical significance of the crop takes us back to uh, Cleopatra's clothes, first uh, f- uh, independent flag of America, um, you know, uh, f- Henry Ford's first car, everything made from from hemp, uh, either hemp sails, hemp uh, fibers, or hemp seeds, right? So they were all utilized. Christopher Columbus would not have discovered America had it not been for hemp. So because he on his voyage, he, he only consumed hemp seeds. So that's how good they are for, from a protein point of view. So um, so a lot of this historical significance has uh, was there, but only in the 1985 or 1990s is when the world started, um, you know, bringing this crop back to the forefront. And... Um, Given its nascency, I think it's very unfair for one to compare the scale at which it is today, uh, growing vis-a-vis cotton or uh, any other cash crop, so to say. But uh, going into the future, I I can just lay out a a basic example so you guys understand. Um, Just one state in India can grow uh, more hemp than the the entire of Australia. Right. So, so, I mean, I mean, we have so much abundant land, uh, where this is cultivable that, that, uh, from a scalability point of view, I think it's only a matter of time for us to actually be able to provide farmers that commercially viable seed, which then they can turn around and, and, you know, we can sort of either purchase their, um, uh, produce or, uh, industry can purchase their produce and, you know, make their own end products with it. But, we are currently only at a research scale, so it's very early to say uh, how quickly this is going to come about. Uh, but there are countries like China, Canada, large parts of Europe that have already aced the cultivation game. Um, they've, they, they are currently growing uh, acre, a, a huge amount of acreage as far as hemp is concerned. And uh, I, I think India will uh, multiply its, its pace at a much uh, rapid level once we do have uh, science that keeps up with the policy that's already there in this country. So, so once we have that, you know, commercially viable seed that can grow a standard and formal, uh, in a formalized manner, standard amount of hemp and, and give consistent raw material, that's when I think we're going to be, uh, com- uh, we, we can compare ourselves and be extremely competitive with the, with the likes of China and, and uh, the other countries that are doing it already. 
Nice, and 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 you obviously see the government uh, playing a large role in in helping you guys get there as well. Yeah, right? because because what we've done is, as I said, our focus lately has been primarily in the health and wellness section. So, um, so we've actually taken the whole idea of the Himalayan hemp story uh, and and taken it to the rest of. The, so we're currently exporting our our, our food based products to almost fifteen uh, uh, different countries. And uh, the reason is that we we are popularizing this geography of of the Himalayas, right? Uh, and and a lot of this ties into government support as well because they know that this is all then uh, being credit to uh, given the credit is all coming home in in a sense. So so um, so the government has been pretty responsive. Uh, we are trying our level best. We have a great uh, uh, scientific team that's behind this job, and hopefully we can. Uh, you know uh, come through with uh, with all the experiments that are currently at a lab scale nice nice and um, as they say chirag no s- success in india is complete without your family or right. or your taya ji or your chacha ji <laughs> saying are kya kamal kiya just to give you a fun story before i get into that question um, i was wearing one of your t-shirts and um, i landed up wearing them to a family function and um, one of an aged relative came to me and he said nice t-shirt and where did you get that from so i obviously told him where i got it from and he was like oh okay what is that made of and i i tried to translate it in as local <laughs> terms as possible right to make him understand and i got a look which um, <laughs> essentially um obviously told me that there's nothing i can do in life this is the end um, this is where it goes so How did you land up convincing friends, family? I know family and friends uh, maybe understand this uh, a lot more. Yeah. They're closer to your dream, yeah. but like the extended, uh, you know, society and, and right. relatives. How how was that story? I mean, we'd like to end with that. That'll be a fun bit to hear. I'll be honest. Friends were the easiest. Sir. In fact, they were most for excited sure. <laughs> that, that that these guys are all coming together to do something really good for them. They thought so. So. Um, uh no honestly um it was so so my parents um were mostly uh you know mostly just about giving me the first 1000 days to see how successful this this uh, uh enterprise can be and um in the first 1000 days they they let me do what um and and they always trusted their son I'll be honest so I'll bore you a little bit but uh, they always trust, trusted me to not do something wrong uh, right so so even i uh, the whole reason for for and all seven of us have have different motivation levels and the reason why we're here right so i thrive out of selling something out of the unknown and and when there was the opportunity given to me that okay this is literally just a commodity that's pretty much burnt as winter wood or you know people are using it to tie their cattle in in the country only subsistence use it was it, that that contextualization that reading up providing a certain amount of scientific knowledge to my parents was important but they didn't worry me much to start with uh, they they let me be um they they said that this guy is going to figure his own life out uh and let's give it 1000 days to see where he goes with it so um and that's the business rule i think everyone uh, gives themselves right at any age you want to start off something uh be an entrepreneur you give it a good dedicated 1000 days and see where where it takes you so uh thankfully um in in the first 1000 days of launching bohico we had as you mentioned um you know we 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 were backed by some of uh, the captains of the industry and we were very fortunate to 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 um, get, uh, receive receive investments from some of the biggest uh, 
personalities this country has seen so so uh, when that, that that was actually one of the most testifying moments uh, in in our lives uh, at bohico after that there's been no looking back to be frank but uh, the rest of my family of course uh, were very very skeptical about okay what is this guy doing uh, you know how far is it going to go but uh, i think from day one we've maintained a great um, a communication policy in bohico as well so if you go even on bohico's uh, any any of our social media handles there's a lot of education that we've put out there uh, and that is because we wanted to be taken seriously like i mean it would be so easy for anyone to mistake these uh, you know bunch of seven guys coming together to do what you know i mean there is it's always eyebrow raising but um, but we wanted to make sure that we changed the the image of cannabis in this country, which is why that T-shirt that you wear doesn't have anything to do with Bob Marley on it. Um, you know, uh, which is why uh, the shirts that we make are are uh, as good as any other linen club shirts that you'd see. Uh, you know, but just just much cheaper uh, and it's going to last you much longer, kind of a thing. And also, it doesn't have that start, so it gets better with uh, every wash. That's the whole thing that we pride on. So. So, so there were quite a few of these things that helped us out, but uh, th- there was stigma at large. I mean, a lot of my uh, my my, my uh, father's brothers and all were sort of questioning me a little bit, right, uh, as to wh- where this is going. And then I start started talking science with them, and you know, took them to a point where they probably didn't know what to say next or do next. And then they, they just left it to me saying, okay, you know what you're doing kind of thing. So so I think that was uh, the journey. It was uh, remarkable. Some of us, uh, some of uh, most of our parents have been extremely supportive, to be frank. I mean, in the first thousand days itself, we made them all meet. Uh, you know, we, we made sure that all of them were on the same page, nothing going wrong, nothing fishy. Um, so we maintained that stance and we've always treated this to be like our baby in terms of growing it like a company. And of course, stages are different at the moment, founder led organization, but sooner or later, we're going to be a professionally run organization. So, um, so hopefully looking to make sure this is uh, as credible as it sounds. It is. And congratulations. I mean, you guys have an inspiring journey as much as I say it, as we come to a close for the session, um, I just wanted to Thank you, Chirag, first for being here. Um, and also um, tell our listeners the whole concept of um, cannabis and how it takes you on a journey. Right. Um, is, is, <laughs> you find that a lot, right? In movies, in books. Yep. In, in, yep. This is a different kind of cannabis. This is a different journey. Um, right. But it's an inspiring one. I think sure. this was a great chat. It was a great educational Thank you, chat. Thank you for uh, more having power me. to you. And uh, uh, Chirag, you've, uh, we'll, we'll be cheering for you and the team on the sidelines. We'll always be proud of you and the Thank team. You. Thank uh, you so I much. Hope you had, I hope you had a fun chat. I really appreciate uh, how you guys have taken me through this. Uh, thank you, Vineet. Thank you, WeWork. Uh, you guys have been extremely instrumental in getting our stories out there. We'll, never, uh, we, we'll always keep that at the back of our heads. And anything that you think, uh, uh, a point of association where you think it makes sense to come together again, I'd be most most happy to, uh, you know, make sure that works out. So thank you so much again for having me here. And all the best to you guys as well. Um, look forward to seeing you guys soon. Thank you, Chirag. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. That was a great, insightful story. And we'll be back soon with another locally sourced story, uh, which will be fascinating as the Bohiko story. Uh, thank you, Chirag. Thank you, everyone. Thanks See again, you. guys. Take care.